This is Search Information and Open Forum. I'm Marion Bonnet, your host. We hear each and every Saturday morning right here on KNON 89.3 FM on your dial. We hear from 7 to 9. Well, today is one of the big days for this show. We are our last show before this coming Tuesday. Now, to me, for my lifetime, this is the most important election since 1960. In 60, you had an election coming up that pitted John F. Kennedy versus Richard Milhouse Nixon. Democrat Kennedy, Republican Nixon. Democrat pushing a progressive gen- agenda. Nixon, the same old thing. People were saying, oh, the Democrats are not going to do anything. They're not going to do just nothing. They just want the black vote. Oh, stuff like this was said back in 60. I can remember it like it was six minutes ago, six seconds ago. And we did not take to that. Because things were so harsh and severe back in those days that it was no doubt. It was no doubt what could be done, what should be done. And what should not ever happen to us again? John Kennedy had made Nixon look bad on the first debate since Lincoln Douglas. But now we, for some reason, America was ready for a change. A change for white on the signs. A change from totally segregated schools. A change from not be able to go and sit at a lunch counter and eat and not having to go around to the back and throwing a sandwich out of the back window. Oh, yes, it was tough. You could pull into a drive, into a, a station, and I'm talking about all the big-time stations. Ombo, which is today Exxon. Yeah, Gulf, all these uh, big names, Sinclair. These were the big uh, oil people back in the days. Yes, they'd fill your car up, but you couldn't use that nice clean restaurant. I mean, restroom. Couldn't drink at their water fountains. You, you had to stay in your car and stay quiet. These things were going on. No mistake on how terribly we were treated. And that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg, what I've just explained to you. It was so bad. And everybody was seeking a change. They were seeking to, for something that, that they, we had paid for. We had gone to, off to World War II and Korean War, 
World War I, fought, fought brilliantly, died. Had heroes in World War I, World War II. We even had a hero from Texas, a young man from Waco, Texas, by the name of Dory Middle, Miller. He was the hero of Pearl Harbor. He was a cook. They wouldn't even teach him how to shoot a gun. But when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, it was a young black man who'd never been taught how to shoot a gun, ran out and grabbed a, a, a machine gun and shot down several Japanese planes and became the hero of, World ha of Pearl Harbor. This was a time we never ran, we never ducked and went to Mexico or to Canada. We didn't do that. But when we were drafted, we went to the military. We fought brilliantly. Many of us lost our lives dying for this country that we were not free in. But we see, by 1965, with the stroke of 14 different pens, Lyndon Johnson signed the Civil Rights Bill. I'm sorry, that was July 2nd, 64. 65 was voting rights. 68, open housing. Different things have gone on to bring us dignity in America. If there was an election, that dignity need to be brought up much higher. It's this election. We have the most undignified, openly undignified president that I can remember. I'm not telling you something I read in a book. I'm telling you something I lived. This was a time, this is a time we, we, we never had a president as undignified as this one we got now. He's an atrocious, terrible person. We've never had anything like this. Oh, yes, he's given new legs or put new wheels on racism. Oh, he's bringing it out. He's bringing it up. Things that's been hidden deep down inside of many Americans. He's bringing it up out of them. Yes, he's letting the world know how many, many, many Americans really feel. Now is the time for us to quit being senseless. Quit being idiotic. Talking about what party hadn't... Democrats done nothing for us. Well, they have That's a lot more they could do. But to say they did nothing, we gave them our vote. 
We have the most astute vote in America. Black people do. The most astute voters in America. We vote our interests because our interests was in our face, smacked in front of our face, to be treated less than dogs, to be treated far subhuman, to be treated as people that had no pride and dignity. You could take a man, a black man who had a family, had a job, kept his children in line and clean and sent them to school and would take them to Sunday school. His wife, a dignified woman that really kept her children under corral with love. And you could take the lowest white man you could find, a scum of the earth, low-down, dirty snake. He considered himself better than any black man in the world only because he was called white. People, this is the way it was in my lifetime. I don't have to argue or debate with nobody about this. I know what I saw. I know what I lived through. I know what is gone. This election in 2020, 60 years ago, 1960, was so similar. We had hope, great hope, if John F. Kennedy and Henry and and Lyndon Johnson would win, would beat Richard Nixon and Henry Cabot Lodge. That meant the continuation of the status quo. Richard Nixon. John F. Kennedy had promised to change. He promised to change in the first debate against Nixon, where he made Nixon look so bad. And this thing ought to be for real in our lives. Young people, when you hear people saying, uh, the Democrats, they ain't done nothing for them. They, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just running their mouths. They need to shut up and go vote. Young people, we come a mighty long ways in a short period of time. Oh, yes, I agree. We've got a long way to go. I agree with you on that. But I do know from whence I came. And anybody who say those other things, they don't know. They're just jawjacking. They're just talking. Saying something they've heard somebody else say. People, if you haven't gone to the polls and voted, please go. Please go to the polls and vote. Come on, people. You can talk to me this morning. 972-647-1893 is the number to call. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. 
Have you voted? Are you going to vote? You wonder, well, what are we voting for? You got a lot to vote for. First of all, human dignity. This man is taking you back 60, 55 to 60 years. He wants to take you back. And ain't no use of me half-stepping, half-talking. I don't tiptoe around nothing. Nothing nobody got to say. I don't tiptoe around anything. If you got something to say, whether you agree, come tell me. I'll get you told this morning. I'm in one of those moods. I will get you told this morning. So come on with it. All right, Jason, who do we have? Our first call comes from Beverly. All righty. Good morning, Beverly. How you doing this morning? I missed you guys last week. I overslept. Well, I wasn't here. <laughs> oh, and I, I did. I wanted to tell you uh, condolences for your sorry for your loss. Oh, but, thank uh, you. you. Thank you what? very much. You know what, Pastor? You're so correct. These young kids don't have a clue. Mm. I had to mm. ride the back of the bus. Mm-hmm. When we went to the uh, Fair Park, we had segregated bathrooms. Yeah. You couldn't even get into that bathroom no. that was for us. It was we couldn't go but one day a year. Come on now. Come on. They now. called it Negro Achievement Day Come on on now. paper. We didn't take to break that up. But other times they would tell you it was it, it was Pig Show Day. When, that, that, that Monday... What was that? The second Monday after the fair, and uh, they would always get Prairie View to play somebody that Monday night. A lot of times it was Texas College. Even Bishop played in that in that thing, played football in the Cotton Bowl. But that that was our day, boy. We got a chance to mm. not only go in the fair and ride the Ferris wheel like other children. Okay. We got, we got it. We had a chance to go into the Cotton Bowl and watch out one of our colleges play. Oh, that was a big thing for us. And they made more money that one day. Yes, they did. Than all the rest of the days of the fair put together because black people in the, in the rural would would uh, pick cotton, chop cotton, and save up their money to to come to the fair and they have plenty of money to spend so you know we've come from a mighty long ways yes we have we rode yes, on we the have. back of trucks and all of this coming come coming to dallas green you had to go down to the basement look like a casket and yeah. an elevator yeah yeah oh, people, i was scared to get in that thing oh yeah when, when i was driving that bus like that mm-hmm. uh obama was running i was running <sighs> i was helping him too and this white man got on my bus. He couldn't pass the driver's seat. Yeah. He had a seat, and he was just looking at me. And yeah. he started a conversation. Mm-hmm. And he told me when I started talking, he said, you need to be in politics. I said, I need to be right where I am. <laughs> I said, the problem is I used to have to ride the back of the bus. Now I'm driving this bus. I, I remember one of my homeboys, his last name, Wilson. He's the first black bus driver I saw. In uh, Dallas, I was at Maine and Harwood, and when I saw him driving that bus, I was so proud because we used to. He's, you know, you had to be up front to drive it. <laughs> you had to be, uh, we used to couldn't. They didn't want us to touch the uh, front seat on that bus or anything like that. We had to go to the back. Anywhere that sign was, we had to get behind that sign. 
and things were so bad then, not only white folks could push that sign back, Mexicans could push it. You had to get behind the sign if Mexicans wanted you to, if they didn't want you sitting up there. We were done yeah. bad. Yeah, we were well. treated We were treated bad, and I'm not going to hide nothing from these young people. I'm not That's something even that, wrote something out there about me. I done ran some ministers off of my Facebook page. I don't care. Yeah. I'm talking about trying to give me scriptures. I said, I know that Bible. I said, now, one time you stood up to defend that. What are you trying to tell me? I said, I can graduate from elementary. I can graduate from junior high. I can graduate from high school. Mm-hmm. I can graduate from a university, but I cannot graduate out that book when it's not changing. I'm not illiterate. I know the book. Yeah. Well, that's they, wonderful. They don't give you credit for anything. Mm-hmm. I, then I came back, and he, he always asked, what you want me to, what can I do to help you? I don't need your help. The help I need is to, to you, because you're the union steward. Go out here and tell these people to free my people. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the woman called Moses, I asked him? I said, well, I'm Moses. Let my people go. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about it. That book, you're talking about the Bible, yeah. that's our history. It is. That's our history. And they done took it. Not there. They took it and reframed it with pictures and different things. But that's our history. It's not there. That's it's not there. Yeah. All right, but I I, I gotta run. But I thank you. All right. That closes the line, nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. We'll be right back. And uh, let me first thank all of you for your condolences and different things, cards, everything for my grandson. And I thank you, thank you very, very much. Because nothing is like losing a child, a loved one. He wasn't a child. He was 21 years old. He was a young man. He was a child to me. But... Still, we had to uh, just have to adjust because you can seem like he was born yesterday. I was a baby. But anyway, let's go on. Who do we have, Jason? We have a call from Greg. All righty. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Reverend Barnett. Most definitely my condolences to you and family on your loss. Yes, thank you. you. You are correct. Uh, we've spoken on this during Bible study and other times. There is a definite mm-hmm. disconnect between your generation and those that follow. A lot of that was hurt and pain people wanted to divorce themselves from, and so they mm-hmm. did not pass along that time and those transitions and what the way things were and how they are now. And the gap is what we're missing because the generation now, especially those those that have come along, especially during over the times of President Obama, first black president. After mm-hmm. that, we got this sense of we had made it over, and that was that was it. The struggle, and we began to get a sense of malaise, mm-hmm. it felt like we had made it, and now we've been shocked back to reality. And without that connection from the time from the past. 
Of course you can ask that question. What have they done for us? Because you have no idea what it was like or where we've been, where we've come from. Mm -hmm. You have no idea because you were not taught, you were not showed, you were not you were not schooled in the way things used to be and the strides that we've made thus far. So you have no idea. You think we just popped up here and this this is the way it's been always. <laughs> when that's not true. Oh, no. That is definitely not true. But candidate asked in twenty sixteen what have you got to lose? He asked us that question. Point your lead TV. He, as a matter of fact, he, he aimed it at his black, black people. Yeah, uh, he, he mentioned black people. Black people, what do you have to lose? And the question and the answer is everything. Mm -hmm. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You have everything mm -hmm. at stake. This was a stark contrast from 2008. This was in response to that. Yes. Now, if we fall for the okie doke, this man has made buffoon. This man has buffooned a lot of people in our community. He has conned. He has he has run amok a lot of folks in our community. Some folks that were highly revered. Some folks that had standards. And they call themselves the ladies of which well, Ice Cube gonna go in and meet with this man. And then yeah. after he met with him, what well, it turns out, he didn't really meet with him. He met with Jared Kushner. Yeah. And Jared Kushner, after he met with him, said, black folks need a quick complaint. Yeah. Well, see, you, you understand taking that guy like, yeah, no, 50 cents. Uh, you first look at their ages. How old are they? Yes. They're not old enough to remember really what it was really like years ago. See, this is the same, it carries the same flavor of the 1960 election. election. We're getting rid of Eisenhower, who did nothing for us, and a young president, John Kennedy. Now, Kennedy was not a liberal. He and Richard Nixon no. was close friends. But the party, the Democratic Party, had people like Hubert Humphrey, uh, Stuart uh, Simonton, uh, and had others and had Republicans like Jacob Javits and all of these people uh, were really pushing to change uh, to integration and a change to uh, job discrimination. They were, they were actually campaigning on this. Now, that don't seem like anything now. But if you lived during that time, that was a, that was a tremendous transition for black people. Because if you if you see a black person going in the building, he was going to do only one or two things, sweep, sweep and mop the floors or run the elevator. That was basically it. Mm. See, see, when you don't know from whence you come, you'll make the same mistakes all over again. And some of us will be foolish enough to try to keep this man in office. That is utterly yeah. ridiculous. I don't care what they say. They don't know what they're talking about. But, but remember that what gets me, he ridiculed one of his one of his groupmates, not just so shortly ago. Mm -hmm. He made a song in which he chewed up Easy E and spit him out. He called him a Judas, he called him a Brutus and a Benedict Arnold because Easy E went and met with Ronald Reagan and he kept on, he, I never had dinner with the president. I never had dinner with the president and he just kept on and on 
and he just went on and on about how Easy E met with Ronald Reagan, and lo and behold, here we are, a good thirty years later, and he did what? Lord, you go, much. you go and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You go and do the same thing. Yeah. And then you say you want to make excuses, and you you you, you gonna go and negotiate. But he was invited to go. He was invited to get now. He met with a staff, a senior staffer, Jared Kushner. He was invited to go on. Is that the son-in-law that said the other day that he can't do nothing for people who don't want to do anything for themselves? That's him. That's him. Oh, that But But Greg, I'm going to have to run. We're, okay. there a lot of people want to talk but this morning. One last statement, Brother Barnett. we got to figure out a way how to start back Bible study. Yeah, we'll get it started. Much needed. All right. Most definitely. Okay, thank you. All right. Yes. That the line, 972-647-1893. Who do we have? This next yes. call comes from Blackhawk. Good morning, Blackhawk. Good morning, Robert. How you doing? Fine. How are you this morning? I'm sorry about your grandson. You have your family have my condolences. Oh, thank you. I'd like to make a few remarks, please. Mm-hmm. that, we have three murders in Dallas, Texas, in one day. Why are they having all these murders in Dallas? Is it because of the overlords, the drugs, or what? Somebody knows something. I asked yeah. Kyle T. Cole about that last week. He said she didn't know. Somebody knows something. They're going to tell us something. Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. But black people need to adapt that into their hearts. Yeah. We need to adapt that into our hearts, minds, and souls. We need, we need to adapt that. We, now, we know we love one another, but there's certain things that outside forces causes us to do to one another. And we need to research this. I was in the civil rights movement right here in Dallas, Texas. I remember the segregated park, the water house, the bathroom, everything segregated. Yeah. I'd go to the back, back, back of the wooden, get something to eat, eat mm-hmm. the back of the restaurant. Yeah. I know I'm like how, how old are you? Through the segregation. Huh? How old are you? How old am I? Mm-hmm. I'm 73 years old. Oh, man. well, you know what same you're talking you about. Yeah. Yeah, same we're the same age. But you see the thing Thank about it, you know what you're talking about. But our generation made some mistakes. We did not teach this to our children. We cannot talk to our kids. These bloods and just boy one another way like mad. Crazy. No, but we need to learn to pass it on. This thing is a, is a relay. That's what happened to me. It's you not a sprint. Yeah. So you right. Alice, Alice, we tell me that all the time. Pass that knowledge alone. Pass yeah. that uh, what we experience as belong to the younger generation. They're lost. Dr. Bates talked about it, lost generation. Yeah. Yeah. They're lost. All right. Lost. I thank you, and I thank you for your call. That clears the line, 972-647-1893. Who do you have, Jason? We have a call from William. All righty. Good morning, William. Good morning, Reverend Barnett. How you doing this morning? Fine. You doing all right? All oh, great. Uh, I, like you, uh, when I was born, blessed was the law of the land, so uh, mm-hmm. I come back a long way. Mm-hmm. I just want to give you a frank, frank, polite little tidbit of information. Mm-hmm. At race between Nixon and Kennedy, Nixon got over 30% of the African-American vote. Right. 
and Kennedy didn't even get fifty percent. I think he was a high thirty. No, he he got he got forty eight percent. But here's what: let's 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 put the those eras in for two perspectives. Up until then, uh, for the most part, blacks had been voting Republican. Because remember, the first Republican president was Abraham Lincoln. And because of the Lincoln, they had done things to help the slaves and different things. Blacks was Republicans. The only thing that changed blacks from uh, masses numbers from the Republican Party was Herbert Hoover. And he, the stock market crashed under Hoover and he was mean and hateful. Uh, blacks began to change. And blacks voted heavily, uh, even for Eisenhower against Adelaide Stevenson. This was in 52 and, and 56. So you still had a group of blacks that still was real, uh, you know, uh, they, they they still relegated themselves to the uh, Republican Party. And but it, it really changed after 60. It really changed. One other thing before I get off the phone, one of the persons that campaigned for Richard Nixon was guess who? Big time to Jackie Robinson? Remember Jackie Robinson? campaign yeah. for Richard Nixon? Yeah. So, I, I knew where you were going when you first said that. I, I said, here, one of these old, old Jackie Robinsons, they point to Jackie Robinson, who had integrated baseball, and but the reason why they chose Jackie, Jackie wasn't nearly about the best player in the old Negro League. They chose him on his, one of the things was his temperament. Well, uh, you remember when that white woman threw that cat on him out there? And he was out in what, left field or center field, and she threw the cat on him. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, and he took the cat and, and, and petted it and everything. See, they like that. Like the, they love for us to be abused and take it smiling. This is, and, and they're like that today. They want you to take it smiling. Don't you write. Don't you tear up my donut shop. Don't you tear up my dry cleaners. Although we're killing y'all, you still don't do nothing wrong. They, and we still have a mentality. We're supposed to take it and smile and go on and be killed. We still have that same mentality un, until this day. You're so right, Pastor. And uh, remember I said that I was born under pleasure, so all them things you're talking about, Yeah, I lived I lived them too. So well, yeah, yeah that's, that's segregation. In Plessy, Plessy versus Ferguson would uh, it it's still in play until this day because schools are segregating again. Yeah, but I thank you for your call. The clear the line nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Who do we have? We have a call from Robert. All righty. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Reverend Doctor Burnett. How are you? Uh, well, I just, I just heard about your grandson, so you have my condolences. Oh, thank uh, you. Mm-hmm. Your Reverend, uh, after blacks start demanding equal rights and equal opportunity, and they had jobs that they set aside, and blacks were able to uh, 
somewhat get a better job. Mm-hmm. But what they've done, they came back and they flooded our community with drugs. They went mm-hmm. to the major countries oh, in the world that, 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 that manufactured terror and they dropped it in the inner cities of America. Well, see, they, they had tested that thing and did it in China. Remember, right. they put well, opium in China. They went all over the world. But yeah. the, China, the, the China white was the, was the good head run that they flooded. They flooded the community more with that China white. Mm-hmm. Now, when you, when, you, when you look at, when and they took the jobs out of the community. Now, we had jobs that we could go to. But we didn't have jobs in our community. No. And then that's when our community, you know, because the child life, when you got hooked on heroin, I mean, you was addicted. It was things that your whole life changed. The opportunities that you could have given to your children changed. Mm-hmm. Having children changed. And then they opened up that, 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 that prison system. And, and, and the criminal justice system, and that heroin and those activities to supply yourself with drugs went straight to into the, into the penitentiary. Mm-hmm. Also, they made movies like Superfly, the mm-hmm. Mac, teach you how to sell dope and be slick. And mm-hmm. see, those black as they call them black exploitation films. Right, right, mm-hmm. and and that. Then from 1980 to 2011, 22 million black people went in and out of the penitentiary mm-hmm. from the from from the, the drugs and the lack of opportunities. And then they came back in the, in, 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 in 1980 with with crack cocaine mm-hmm. and what crack cocaine did to our community was worse than the atomic bomb dropped on. Japan. Hiroshima and Nagasaki is. And uh, really, I, 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 I remember when I, I had, what was the young man that was over the health department here? Uh, you know, uh, he's resigned here in the late year. Zach Thompson. Right. He's the one on my show in 1986 was the first to come on and talk about crack. It hadn't been talked about in Dallas before and he said it's going to be the most devastating thing since slavery or even worse than slavery. That's right, that's right. Zach Thompson introduced that on my show back in back in the 80s and uh, it it has proven it's not worse than slavery, it's not quite as bad but I don't care where you go Robert, uh, uh you can go to the smallest town you've been to in your life. You'll find crack. That's you right. you That's can right. go to the and, and the finest right. homes yeah. in the world. You gonna find you gonna find that mess. It's okay. just they, they, they flooded our community. Also, living in 1980, they came out with AIDS. Same, mm-hmm. same, same, mm-hmm. same year. They sent AIDS to Africa. Yep. From, from 1980 to 2011, 34 million Africans died of AIDS. Yeah. 
Then they brought here's that silence that, that they're not talking about. We're talking about the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. But AIDS, see, right now yeah. in America, there's, there's a million, 200,000 people that they know that have AIDS. God, I'm 49, 48% of those people is black America. Yeah. We are 13% of the population. But we always, is right at the top, when it comes to having these these pandemics and epidemics and everything else, if it's something bad, we will always be close to the top. I'm up against a short break, but I thank you for your call. Say something else, Reverend, that's important to the community. Yeah, but I got to take a break, all right? Thank you. All righty. Here's the line, 972-647-1893. Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Marion Barnett, your host. All righty. Uh, who do we have on the line? Our next call comes from Tony. Tony? Good morning, Tony. Good morning, man. How you doing? Fine. How are you doing this morning? All right, all right. Um, I want to put this in perspective. And let's see. Let me say earlier to the guy who was 10 years old about the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, for me... I'm, I just turned 50. Oh. And one, one of the things that I've learned is to learn from history. Mm-hmm. One of the people that I, one of the people I, I've, I've considered my, uh, my teacher mm-hmm. is Don Henry Clark. Mm-hmm. And when I, I, I'm reading the book right now, it's, it's, it's basically it's, it's the white guy talking about the things you can learn in history books. And, and all the books that they taught in, uh, in school. And, 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 and these same books are, are currently in our school system. Mm-hmm. Now, um, President Trump, if you look at what he's done, is really mimicking Richard Wilson. Yeah, it was, it was a staunch, well-educated racist. Yes, exactly. Now, mm-hmm. if you remember, Richard Wilson invaded with United States military. Haiti, mm-hmm. then the Republic, uh, Cuba, Mexico, Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Mo- most of the people in my generation don't know that. Number two, we know he he set back the black uh, culture, black community by, <laughs> by taking us off with federal jobs that we were already in. Mm-hmm. We got that. And mind you, black people voted for Wilson. Now, oh, yeah. Now, well, he was a Democrat and they. Yes. They had begun to change some. They were still yes. voting heavily Republican. Yes. He was. He yes. had been the president of Princeton. And everybody yes. thought since he was such an educated man, brilliant man, he would be progressive. No, he was a hardcore racist. And, and, and you're right, because he, he actually was a kid at the end of the Civil War, not Civil War, but at the back end of, of, of the South when mm-hmm. he was raised. Yeah. So, so my point is, my point is this: to say this is that looking at Wilson and how he treated people, how he treated uh, uh, Ho Chi Minh, who mm-hmm. thought he was brilliant by twelve points of light. Mm-hmm. Here's a man who who propagated racism, and here's Donald Trump who's for a second term. Mm-hmm. So Wilson has a second term. 
Mm-hmm. And, and you see what he done second time, he basically, he basically destroyed the black community within the two terms that he had. And so I say this. And guess time. what he had during his term, his second term? A pandemic. Yeah, you're right. You're, he had a pandemic. Right. And brother, uh, many one of us needless, needlessly died just like this pandemic. This pandemic was never supposed to have gotten out of hand. Obama had set up a council there in the White House. They knew a pandemic was going to come, and they set it up. One of the first things Trump did was dismantle that panel that they had put together to protect us from a pandemic. He put together, saying, oh, well, it'll just go away. So for some reason, these people are, are they crazy as he is? He, he believes the pandemics just go away. Now, pandemics will take us all away if we don't get, if we don't corral that thing. And, and, and my last point to add to add about learning about history is Franklin Delano Roosevelt was in Woodrow Wilson administration. Right. No, yeah, he was Woodrow Wilson administration. I think I think he was secretary of of the uh, Navy or secretary of one of the one of spots. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say I believe I can remember correctly when 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 public when housing was coming into play when housing coming into play uh uh wars and uh, uh uh what you call that uh, D restrictions. Mm-hmm. So, so what I'm saying is, most of the politicians that we revered, which they teach us in school, had played and had been obstacles to us getting to, to get into what we are right, and and we should have here and celebrate Wilson. We named schools after we got one million dollars. Wilson Wilson shouldn't, shouldn't be that, but guess what? Yeah. Because we know, because we know North Dallas won't, you know, you, 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 you take down uh, these statues, but Wilson Wilson is a is still an example of racism. We, yeah. have, we have people and leaders that we... It's in East Dallas, yeah. Uh-huh. It's a stalwart, and it has the distinction of being the only high school in America that have had two Heisman Trophy winners. And uh, exactly. there are things... We, we, we glorify these races yeah. out of ignorance, not knowing that we should never be celebrating certain schools and everything because of the people they're named after. I'm so glad they, right there at Keast and Polk Street, they changed the name of that school from Jefferson Davis. Uh, and uh, they changed it over and put, named it after a black woman. I'm so glad right. they did that. All right. I thank you for your call. That clears the line, 972-647-647. One eight nine three. Uh, who do we have, Jason? We have a call from Kwasi. Kwasi? All right. Good morning, Kwasi. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Hi. This is the second time I'm speaking with you on your program. Yes, ma'am. I come from I come from Africa, uh, from Ghana. I came here to study Christian ministry and counseling. I just finished mm-hmm. everything and I've been living in December, but I want to share an experience you were talking about earlier, about African-Americans, how they have been uh, treated like dirt, like animals, by the, you know, the slave masters, so and so and so and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, two years ago, I visited a church known as 
First Baptist Church in Duncanville on Quickland and Santa Fe Road. What was the name of it? First Baptist Church. First in Baptist. Oh, First Baptist. Yes. Okay, I got you. Huh? Yes. My accent, please. You have to get used to a little bit. Oh, don't worry about it. We 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 got we get in tr- we can get that. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First Baptist Church in Duncanville on Quickland and Santa Fe Road. Mm-hmm. Reverend Barnett, I was in church, Sunday school, and one of the top members of the church called Charlie Lay, Charles Lay, Charlie Lay. He is the owner of the Trinity Bookshop on South Main in Duncanville. Reverend Barnett, I have heard all kinds of things that happened to our African-American people, but I never knew it was going to happen to me. While I was in church, this white man walked to me and ask me a question. Yes. Mm-hmm. This elderly white man, he's the signatory to the church, uh, uh, a check, one of the powerful men, came to me, because he knew my name, said, who is a nigger? I said, I have to answer that question, and I never heard of such a word. <laughs> so I came home, I asked some of my African-American friends, and they were shocked. They thought I was making fun of them. I said, no. If I knew, I would never ask you that. But I was a white man in church. He asked me this. They said, what? You who know from here? They are telling this to you? I said, yes. The man asked me in church. And day, I went to church and I saw that man. Excuse for my disrespectfulness. I blasted that man and I told him, I said, you will never live long. You will die within three weeks. Because you are inside this church lying and being a camouflage. You are racist, a pure racist. And now you are asking me the meaning of the word nigga. But I know the word Negro because I the language. Well, I want to keep him on. Uh, uh, here's what. Because I'm going to discuss with him, he was the typical African that came when I was in seminary. Most of the Africans, when they first got to America, wouldn't have anything to do with black America. Because white missionaries had taught them. The reason why we were in the condition we were in we African Americans was lazy, no good. And they wouldn't have anything to do with us until they'd been here about two or three months and had been mistaken for one of us several times. Then they realized what had happened. Ah, boy, I, I, I like to talk to him. Uh, but anyway, uh, he was typical. He was typical because not only he, but most people, most African brothers and sisters came over when they first get here would not have anything to do with African Americans over what they've been told. All righty. Eclipse 972-647-1893. All righty. Who do we have? We have a call from Leon. All right. Good morning, Leon. Good morning, Reverend Barnett. How are you this morning? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I first want to say I want to convey my condolences 
uh, on the loss of your fa- in your family, uh, which uh, prevented you from coming last week. But, yes, uh, you had I, met that young man. Oh, at my Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tall. Yeah, he's tall. He and all of his brothers are real tall. Uh, he's tall, uh, and he was uh, had become a fairly. A popular rapper here in Dallas and was on his way up, and he just suddenly died. Oh, that's such a shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited somewhere because uh, uh, South Oak Cliff, uh, they can make a deep run into the playoffs if they get more mentally tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game should have been much more out of hand than what it was. A lot of penalties. Who did uh who did they play? Uh Mesquite Poteet. It was on channel eight last night. It was who won the game? Uh Southwell Cliff won uh twenty seven fourteen. It should have been about forty something to to they had picked six and mm-hmm. made penalties on three yard line and cost them just a plethora of, of, of mental mistakes. They get mentally tough tougher as the season progresses. They have the talent to Make a deep run into the uh, to the state. Uh, well, the they state they have come back. Now, Sock used to be uh, one of the powerhouses of Dallas. When you go back to the early seventies, late sixties, early seventies, uh, in mid seventies to the mid seventies, they were the powerhouse. And after that, we had another black population shift that shifted over to the Carter Kimball area and they all had their their days and and I remember the Dallas School Board saw and they knew that Dallas Roosevelt was gonna win the state in which they didn't want it because this would have been the first year of integration with the UIL from the Prairie View League and they cut a lot of those kids out of Roosevelt and sent them to Sock, such as Harvey Martin. It was it was uh, uh, several of them. The superstars was gonna go to Roosevelt, but these are the games even our own school board played on us. That's why I don't want them to have nothing. They don't need to pass that bond. I hope people you vote against that DISD bond. Vote against it. It's no good because all you're doing is paying for somebody else to have a good time with that money. All righty. But thank you. Yes, sir, Rep. And mm-hmm. I want to make a quick comment before you leave. When Trump made the statement that the doctors were allowing people to die so they could get an extra $2,000, mm-hmm. that's indicative of a man who's mentally unstable. Yeah. And all the people who are listening should, should take that into account that he is not fit for president if he made a statement like that with all the doctors and nurses yes, and other medical personnel that have died mm-hmm. COVID. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is, you got it right. 972-647-1893 is the number to call. Who do we have next? We have a call from Joe. Alrighty. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Reverend Barnett. Yes. And uh, again, I want to extend our condolences to the loss of your grandson. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very it's much. It's never easy, but I want to ask 
make one comment and I'll uh, vacate the, the line. Uh, mm-hmm. Has anybody ever seen any other black person in Trump's inner circle other than Ben Carson? I've never seen them or heard of them. Well, you got these and, uh, young musicians and rappers. I see Jim Brown sitting around. And uh, what's the other one's name? Uh, uh, he put out a uh, gold digger. Uh, what's that one put out? Kanye. Yeah, Kanye West. And, uh, you know, you, 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 look. They've been unstable anyway. I don't care how bad a man, white man get. He going always, I hate to say it, find some Negroes out of folly. I don't care how bad he is. He'll find, he'll, I don't know. I just don't know what it is. Is it in the water? I don't know. But it always will. You had a lot of Negroes voted for Reagan. As bad as yeah, he was. Remember that. A lot of them voted for Nixon. I mean, this is, and surely it was a lot of them. Uh, people voted for Eisenhower. These yep. people was yes, disastrous. They were disastrous. I can remember it. This was a disastrous. So you know, uh, the only thing that I can remember, Eisenhower doing was sending the troops to Little Rock. That's the only. That's thing the only thing he did. That was 1956. He did. He sent yep. them to Little Rock to integrate uh, Central High School in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, he did yeah, that. Because those people were going to fight, was going to fight against the national, the state division of the National Guard. So he sent the federal uh, National Guard in there just to get nine uh, young black children into a school to go to learn. And they they were raising so much sand, so much hell, and all of that. And, you know... Uh, it, 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 it's been pathetic what we've gone through within this country. It's been it's really, that was really sad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you mentioned uh, Dr. Fair Park, I'm going to make this comment and get off the line. It reminds me so much that when we were young, I'm 70 years old, so I know what it's called about, just like you. Mm-hmm. And we'd going out of town and get some gas, and we'd ask our, our dad, well, can we go out and use the restaurant? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, uh, I wish we could get out, get out of the city limits. Yeah. Pull way over to a pastor. Yeah, and you, that that was <laughs> your restaurant when you were traveling in black, that, that's the exactly side right. of the of the highway. But I, I'm up <laughs> against a short break. But now, thank you, thank you for your call. We'll be All right, right. Barnett. All right, nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three is the number to call. Right, Here we go. Well, it's time to make that change. People of the world today are fading. All right, we're back and ready for our number two, a church information and open forum. I'm Marianne Barnett, your host. I tell you what, we're going to bring, you're going to hear from Congresswoman Eddie Bernice Johnson this hour, but uh, bring me bring me another call. Okay, this was uh, this was Darlene. Darlene, already. Good morning, Darlene. Good morning, Pastor Barnett. How are you this morning? Fine. How are you? I'm wonderful, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry for your loss of your grandson. Oh, thank I, you, thank you. For you and your family. Yes, thank uh, you. Richard, I have something I need to throw out here to you. Hmm. 
on Tuesday and on Wednesday. I live in Fort Worth. And on the corner of Miller and Eastbury, Trump's uh, protesters was out there. They had to call in the Black Panthers. The Black Panthers came out with guns and things to interfere and disband that. On yesterday, they were on Miller, Mitchell, and Barry. Mm -hmm. So he's got his, he got his supporters uh, get burst out and it's it can be some really some mess here. So I just you are so right, Darlene, because if if and when he loses this election, it might be a lot of people a lot of people get hurt and get killed. I'm just telling That's you. That's right. I'm telling you. Uh they have gone crazy. And people who are not recognize this gotta be deaf or blind or both. They can't see what's in front of them. So it can be a terrible thing. But let me uh, go, and I thank you for your coming. Let's go over and uh, bring me on uh, Congresswoman Johnson, because we have got to make sure we get as many people as we possibly can to the polls. Good morning, Congresswoman. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm fine. I, I can hardly wait until Tuesday is over, but we've got a lot of work to do between now and then. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. A lot of people have voted, but a, a lot of people still need to vote. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we need... We've got to win this decisively mm -hmm. or we'll lose. Congresswoman, uh, in your lifetime, what's the most important uh, presidential election you've seen in your, your lifetime? What year? Well, it depends on what city I'm part. Now, the worst election we've had was four years ago. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the outcome. That's right. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of rights or African-Americans in my lifetime, it's been uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson. Yeah. Because the voters' rights, civil rights, education, housing, Head Start, faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we have to look at where we move forward. Yeah. And so we've had some good presidents, but we've had some very dangerous presidents. And the most dangerous one is in the White House right now. Yeah. And all it takes is a big voter turnout to get him out. As hard as many people work and as hard as that Congressional Black Caucus work, nobody even knows it because we get stopped at every turn. Mm -hmm. We have passed legislation through the House and can't get it even discussed in the Senate. Uh, from the Floyd legislation to reestablishing voters' rights, all the things that we worry about and talk about and criticize black people for not doing it in Congress, it's because we are stopped in the mm -hmm. Senate right now because McConnell, who is a Republican leader, is just as bad or worse than Trump. Mm -hmm. we, we will continue to lose rights. 
if we don't get Trump out of the White House. Yes. Well, McConnell, uh, he might be just as bad, if not worse, than Trump on us, just with the way he did this uh, Supreme Court justice. What do you think of this woman, uh, Barrett? Your new Supreme Court? Anyone that McConnell chooses is being chosen for the sole purpose of acting the way he wants them to act rather than acting according to the Constitution and the mood of the people. Mm -hmm. The Supreme Court has a mandate Mm -hmm. to look at the law, look at the situation, and act and accordingly for the people. Mm-hmm. to maintain the Constitution. Mm-hmm. What he has done is try to get every right-wing conservative that he could in any way that he could on the Supreme Court to turn our rights back. So they you, they have stacked the Supreme Court with these right-wingers. They, they yes. could hurt us 30, 40, 50 years from now. We still might be reeling, reeling and rocking from this Supreme Court that we have right now. When you consider that the woman that they just put on is in her 30s, mm-hmm. she could be there until she's 90. Mm-hmm. So that is 60 years yeah. of that right-wing decision-making mm-hmm. that only can hurt us. That's why we are struggling to reestablish voting rights right now. Yeah. Is because Supreme Court ruling. Yeah. And they have to rule every, what, 30, 30 35 years on that uh, to, for, to give us the right to vote. My yeah. God. And uh, with, uh, what, is it? it's a majority oh, of 6-3 now, isn't it, with the conservatives? Yeah. Right, man? Yeah, 6-3. So they can easily oh. win anything that the... Uh, Right-wingers won't. They got it. But, but in addition to that, they have also sat the other federal courts. And mm-hmm. Texas is one of the uh, the fifth circuit yeah. where we are. And circuit uh, federal judges, they fought every nomination that mm-hmm. Obama made. Right. We could not do a thing in Texas. And Corning was one of the major ones. That totally ignored what we wanted as a delegation of Democrats. Mm-hmm. No matter how many names, we had an agreement with with the White House and our senators that since both of them were Republican and the, and the Democrats were in a majority, that we would submit a list of at least three people for every vacancy, and the, then. The president and the senators would negotiate which one of those three for each of the benches that we had a nomination. Mm-hmm. Carning was the leading one that ignored everything we suggested and wow. left all those benches open until they got Trump in the White House. Yeah. And now they've loaded up all of the circuit benches. Mm-hmm. He's appointed over, over 200, isn't he, of those uh, yes, federal uh, judges? That's right. And, and the reason why we get all these rulings against our voting rights 
and, and all the rulings that talk about how many places to pick up ballots or to deposit ballots, all has to do with those judges that have been put on the bench by, by Corning mm-hmm. and the president. Mm-hmm. And so they have messed us up on the benches all the way through the federal circuit to the Supreme Court. The only way that we can combat this is to vote heavily to get Trump out of the White House, Mm -hmm. give us a majority in the Senate. And as much as I hate to see the rake going on between uh, Senator West and Hagar, Mm -hmm. the, the point is the people have spoken for Hagar for our nominee. So you got to go with her. We got to go with her. She's the nominee. You don't want. That's the only hope we have in Texas. Yeah. And if we could ever get that Senate, it's the Democrats could get that Senate back. See, with the Republicans hang, uh, holding that Senate, that's that's uh, just about bad as holding the White House, the way this thing has turned out. Especially with McConnell. You know what? He worked. It, yeah. it could be worse than the White House because if we had a majority in the House and Senate, we could override we a battle mm-hmm. like Trump, but we could win it. Mm-hmm. it. The only thing we couldn't win is the fact that he stacked these benches. Yeah, but cannot continue to overturn your Congress. So that's why it's so important that we cast our vote. We can do it if we vote. Yeah. And the numbers That's have right. shown that. Yeah. The numbers have shown that if we vote and we vote right, we can make a difference. Okay. You know, let's take some calls because uh, the people obviously they definitely want to talk to you. Uh, bring us up. Bring us. Okay. This is Eddie. Eddie. All righty. Good morning, Eddie. Hello. Please cut your radio off. Please cut your radio off. Okay, this is Eddie. Eddie? All right. Good morning, Eddie. Thank you. Yeah, just cut it off. Okay, then we'll... Listen. All right, let's take another call. This is Curtis. All right. Good morning, Curtis. Good morning, Congresswoman Eddie. To you, Congresswoman Johnson. This question is to you, Congresswoman Johnson. Have you spoken to Senator Ross West uh, since we found out that he wasn't supporting uh, Ms. Hagar? Yes, I've spoken to him more than one time. <coughs> and uh, has he decided to change his vote? Well, he, the last thing I heard him say is that he was going to support the ticket. I asked him if he would speak to her. Uh, but as of yesterday, his bitterness is still there. I hope he will support. I think it's important that we get behind the nominee. Uh, there are a lot of times that I'm disappointed in who gets nominated in the primary, but that's where the people have put the nominees, and this is when the decision is made in November. Uh, you know, in the primary, we have a lot of people, and we have to decide which one is going to be the nominee. I'm not always satisfied, just like he's not satisfied. But the choices of the people have been made after that primary. That's why it's so important that we all vote. 
so we can nominate the person that we truly desire to come up to be voted on in November. So it's hard to blame the voters when you come up a little short in some of these elections because the voters make the choice. That's what we have pleaded for is that right to vote. We've just got to exercise that right to vote a bit more to get the candidates that we want to see nominated. Well, this could be a very important race because that he's one of the ones that we stand a chance to knock oh. off uh, Corny and uh, have, uh, have Senator West said why, what he's so bitter about? He didn't, because he didn't win the, because she won the primary. Well, that, that, that's, a lot of that, well, that, that comes from who runs the better campaign. Uh, now, I understand she's not, she's not been in Texas a very long time, but, but I heard more of her commercials and got more mail at my house, way more than I got. Heard Roy's uh, commercials, and uh, I just don't know. I think we, we, we could blow a golden opportunity here to get one of those Republican senators out of there. Well, that's the only way we're going to get him out is to vote for her. Mm -hmm. uh, and I can tell you this, just for her being there, working with other Democrats, mm -hmm. she would be far superior to Carney, who will laugh and smile in your face and mm -hmm. go right on and opposite. Yeah, he, he is, he is show himself so warm and friendly, but at the same time, he's still going to vote with, with the Republican. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I close the line, 972-647-1893. Who do we have? Okay, Eddie's back. All right. He's, he got back in, okay? All right. Good morning, Eddie. Why, good morning, great reverend. How are you? I'm winning and will continue to be a winner. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to comment that if we do not get that man out of this White House, hanging our heads down is going to be a daily occurrence. We cannot. Because as you, I've noticed that you undress the lie. Uh, mm -hmm. you're, you're a prophet, uh, you're, you're an apostle, and we must take these actions. And I want to suggest after this day, and I will be coming to your Bible studies when you get them together again. All right. So that, Make sure uh, you do that. the truth will be set free. Mm -hmm. But it's, in, it's uh, paramount importance okay. uh, that we vote. Yeah. I went to two, a couple of uh, voting places the other day, and I saw not one black person that was in a Republican area. So when <laughs> I got to my Democratic area, mm -hmm. black men and women were there. So yeah. someone is hearing and listening and making the right move. All right. Okay. I really thank you, Eddie. All right. I tell you what, we are up against a short break, and uh, we'll be right back with Congresswoman Eddie Renice Johnson. Be right back. All right, we're back. You're on with uh, Congresswoman uh, Eddie Bernice Johnson, and uh, we'll go back. We, we're going to take some calls because y'all definitely 
Want to talk with her this morning. All right. Robert Petrie, if you can get a chance, give me a call back. Give me a call back. All right. There are a lot of people asking for that. All right. Uh, who do we have? Uh, We've got a call from L.C. L.C.? L.C., you're on with Congresswoman Johnson. Uh, good morning, Reverend Barnett. Good morning, uh, Congresswoman Johnson. Good morning. Uh, hope hope you, you're well. And, and Reverend Barnett, I'm sorry to hear of your loss of your grandson. Oh, thank uh, you. I'd like to thank just, you. Uh, make a couple of comments. First being about our state senator, Royce West. Uh, I've always been a Royce West supporter. I was out there trying to tell everybody I know to vote for him in the primary. My problem with that is I didn't hear a lot of noise from Senator West. No. I'm from the Dallas area, and I'm not sure if he made more noise in other cities like Houston and Austin, but there definitely wasn't a lot of noise made here. Mm -hmm. And my other comment is, that will go along with that, is that if we win this presidential race, Joe Biden wins, and if we win control of the House and the Senate, I'd like to see our make a lot of noise and do bold moves and changes, make some bold moves and changes like this president has that we have right now. He's come in and he's literally done everything he wanted to do. You know, he said, the heck with what you think about it, I'm doing it. So if a president, if the Senate has this kind of power, if we win control of it, let's exert that same type of power in the right direction to help the people that need it the most. And uh, I would like to say, on behalf of our late Congressman John Lewis, people need to make some noise. Okay, get in trouble, good trouble, good trouble. That would stay with me the rest of my life, what he said. And I think too many times, we get elected, and when I say we, I say some of us, uh, maybe on the, the left side, we get elected, and, 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 and we're satisfied to a point where it's like we have it but we're not going to push stuff too hard. We need to push hard. We need to make noise. Okay? We need to get in good trouble. And that goes for all of our Congress people, all of our senators. I mean, I just don't understand how we have such a passive outlook about it once we get in office and then when the Republicans get in office, they have such a bold outlook. They kick off like with the charge we need to take off with that same type of charge so that we can make something happen uh -huh. disenfranchise people of this country. All right. Well, we thank you. Thank you for your call. Congressman, let me ask you something. There is nothing in the Constitution about how many justices could be on the Supreme Court. Could, if the Democrats got into power in both Senate and the White House, and you already got the Congress, uh, could they add more justices to negate what Trump has done? Well, that's being studied right now uh, to see whether or not to see what that what we can do uh, about that issue. What we're trying to do is not wake up the opposition to that and get them vote so heavily that we lose a lot of seats mm -hmm. or don't. Um, so there are a lot of strategies that we have to consider in silence until we can find a way to get it done. Mm -hmm. I just want to comment on the gentleman that just hung up. Uh -huh. He is a, he's, a, he's right. When we, when we have the numbers, 
We struggle. We try. If you look at just the legislation we passed in the House mm-hmm. that Senator McConnell has ignored, we would be in a different position if we could get a vote to pass. We have reestablished the Voting Rights Act. We've, uh, we've uh, addressed the police issue all the way up and down. And let me say this. Mm-hmm. You can get an office and you can work, work, work. But if you don't get a majority to support what you're working for, it will not pass. Yeah, that's right. On, on this police issue, every black elected official at every level of government in the last 30 years has had a platform to do to address this police brutality issue. Mm-hmm. And you know why we can't get it passed? Because we don't get enough people to vote to put the right people in places that we can depend on that vote when we are working. There has not been any lack of interest or lack of effort. And I can tell you that that Congressional Black Caucus works day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And when we get together and talk about how people don't even understand what we're trying to do or what we're doing, mm-hmm. we don't own the press. We can put every kind of press release out there, but unless we have a station like yours, mm-hmm. that's not talked about. Oh, and so racism is pervasive. Mm-hmm. And the F put forth, many people don't even realize because we are not in a majority. We 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 have, we started our Congressional Black Caucus Pact years ago, and just this term, we've raised several million dollars. Good. For constantly pleading to mm. get the money to try to expand the majority, not necessarily uh, black but people that think like us, mm-hmm. because even when you have a Democratic majority, you still are going to have people that don't agree with many of the things that we're trying to promote. And that's what trying- a lot of people don't understand. That's right. Yeah, a lot of we're people been- don't understand it. About student loans. Mm-hmm. We are more plagued with student loans, and our black colleges are being punished because the students don't pay the loans back. We have relief for that, but we cannot pass it. This man accumulated, called all these black college presidents to the White House and talked about all what he was doing. Mm. He hadn't done one thing well, for has, black have a photo op. Hasn't he done more for blacks than any other president? He hadn't done anything. Everything <laughs> he that he's done not, more than anybody. <laughs> we have and and he has not even attempted to get a single extra penny more than we have struggled to get through that Congress. Lord have mercy. All righty. That is my 972-647-1893. Who do we have, uh, Jason? We have a call from Lonnie. All righty. Good morning, Lonnie. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you for uh, and thank you, uh, Congresswoman, for all your advocacy and what you I just wanted to make a couple of comments. First, um, two uh, seats were stolen from us, from the people, by this administration, two Supreme Court seats. And so I think that does need to be addressed. 
especially if we bring back the Senate. And I also wanted to comment on Senator West, who I support. But um, he he did not run a good campaign. And he lost. And Hagar is our best hope. And we need to get behind her. And we all need to be voting for her because she has a chance. And it's very important that she's on that seat. And then you know, I would like to ask what you guys think about um, Valenzuela and her chances. She would be the first Afro-Latino from Texas and um, to be elected to Congress. And, and Congresswoman and Reverend, what do you think about, about her chances of get, actually getting elected? And how is our African-American turnout going to early vote? Is any data or not? All right. Congresswoman, did you hear, uh, hear his question? I was trying to understand. It was, uh, it was kind of low. Um, yeah, it was a little low. I, 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 I think I understood. He was asking about Congresswoman, who was that? Villains of Whitler? Yeah. Now, she was running for Congress, but now her ass sounds like she's running for school board to me. But uh, you asked the Congresswoman, how did she feel about it? Did you hear any of those ads she was running? Well, yes, I had some concern because education is the responsibility of the state and local government, not the federal government. The only right. thing that we do in education at the federal level is some of the policy. And, all, and the only thing we can do to support education financially is compensatory programs. Those programs that have been put in place to bring students up to level, like Head Start, mm -hmm. Title One, Upward Bound, and we can do some extra stuff sometimes to help rebuild some of the structures, and that's questionable. You know, that, that has been questioned in court as to whether that's a federal responsibility. Mm -hmm. But there are times we try, and we've tried that uh, in this Congress, but it is met with McConnell, who has not even taken it up in the Senate. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I did think that I was not impressed with her ad uh, because she didn't address anything that was federal. Now, she's got an improved ad on now that mm -hmm. talks about something more than the school board that she served on. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Working in Congress is a massive responsibility. Mm -hmm. It takes every yes, bit of time and energy to get things done. And you're not going to sit there and think you're going to change any kind of local school board decision. Mm -hmm. That is not the work of Congress. Mm -hmm. So I don't know really how she'll do it. I'm not that familiar with that district. It seems to be competitive. <laughs> I, I, I want as many Democrats as we can get, but it's a it's a learning curve when you get someone in Congress that doesn't even understand what the responsibilities are. Mm -hmm. uh, you you got to see that you may, it take you a little bit longer. Uh, she would be better than Don. I'm sure she would be leaps and bounds better than her. Yeah, but oh, yeah. she she did, she, was, she talked about the school board. <laughs> oh, damn mess. All right, I thank you for your call and comment. That closes line nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Who do we have, Jason? We have a call from Bobby. All righty, Bobby, you on with Congresswoman Johnson? 
Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Johnson. Pastor Barnett, I'm sorry about yes. your loss. My condolences go out to you, sir. Thank you very much. Thank okay. you. I'm 74 years old. I'm a disabled a Vietnam veteran. I'm retired, but I'm coming back. Uh, I was in the real estate, and I've been rich three times. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to teach is entrepreneurship. We need to do like they did in Tulsa. Look like Wall Street. Dr. Cloud Anderson got two books out, and he teaches us economics, mm-hmm. group economics. Put our opinions together and keep putting our opinions together. Let's invest. We got to trust each other. We got to have unity. Can't be no cheaper. And we put 12 guys together, and we're going to do what I did to come up. I started saving money when I was 14 years old. I did like going Buffett. I got 10000 You have anything on uh, the election coming up Tuesday? Sir? Mm-hmm. I didn't question. Did you say, uh, Pastor Burnett? Yes, uh-huh. Hello? What did she say? Give me the question again, please. Do you have anything on the election coming up Tuesday? Now, I don't know if people can vote today or not. They're doing things so different, but we do know that's the considered election day. You've already did uh, Joe Biden. Uh-huh. Deputy Joe Biden. He's been mm-hmm. out of office. We are, we, are, we are financially handicapped. Let's do the same thing. Yes, the 30th. I'm going to get off the line because they did it in, they did it in Tulsa. They had no black Wall Street. That's what we're going to try to duplicate. We're going to pull our people yeah. together. We're going to buy a apartment complex and pay down on it. And get some low rental. We'll start out like that. We're going to get some low rent profits. Maybe, you know, if the renter said $1,000 a month, we'll have them in there 600 Maybe All 500 right. Okay. We've got to buy one. And that's what I want to comment on. With, uh, uh, is anybody, I want to ask Congress Justin, is anybody teaching that number? Lipsky Hustle started out in California. They assassinated him. He was trying to get everybody to, he was teaching them. Well, you know what? Block. You know who, who did as good a job and put money where his mouth was, but they, they assassinated him and stopped it? Well, we Abraham Lincoln. He built a, a bank across the street from the White House and was there to help black landowners and help blacks get more land. I know they don't talk about this very much, but he did this, and this one of the th- big impediments had been to the black race. Why do you think they burned Tulsa down? Why do you think they burned Tulsa down? Oh, well, all of this Tulsa down in Florida, down in Longview, Texas, uh, they've done things well, like Florida, this. They didn't get no loans from the bank. They pulled their money. These people come out of slavery. Their ancestors were slaves. Yeah, but that was a bank that was going to lend to nothing but former slaves there in Washington, D.C., once upon a time. Yes. Yeah, you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I thank you for your call and comment. Take clear the line, 972-647-1893. Who do we have, Jason? We have a call from Randy. All righty. Good morning, Randy. Good morning. I'll try to be quick, but first of all, I'd like to let you know my prayers go out to you and your family, Brother Barnett, for your loss. Thank you. Thank you very much, Randy. Uh, but my question is, if Mr. Biden happens to become president, you know we have this black stain on our country's history so far for 20 years, over 20 years now. Before the Obama era, which Mr. Biden was part of, and the whole eight years they said they was going to close Guantanamo Bay. A disgrace to our justice system around the world. If Joe Biden gets elected, 
representative, are you going to push that he close Guantanamo Bay, and can he do it through executive order? And I'll hang up and listen. Well, I don't, to be honest with you, I do not know. Uh, let me let me assure you that there are a lot of issues on the table. That will not be a priority issue for me because there are too many issues awaiting action that are priority to me. One is addressing the police situation. I support police. I support more training and more restraint and how they shoot without trying to avoid the shooting first. And there are a lot of issues related to how especially black men get treated by our police force. And unless we can do something about that on a federal level, Every police association, every police department can act the way they want to act as long as they can please where they are located. The control of some of the guns. I believe in people having ownership of their guns, but we don't need any war weapons on the street. Mm -hmm. We need to to look at those kind of issues right here in the United States. We need to look at the hunger and homelessness that we're dealing with every day. I don't think that any black person gets up in this country every day and thinks about Guantanamo Bay. But they do worry about whether or not they have an equal opportunity for a job, a way to get there to that job, whether they can buy uh, fresh foods in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. All of those issues uh, uh, and, and some type of relief for student loans so our black colleges can stay open without being punished because the students don't pay those loans back. And we need to help direct young people as to what to major in so they'll have a job when they get out. There are a lot of issues related to how we can get ourselves a little bit more freedom that I'm focused on. All righty. I thank you for that. That was very good there. Uh, uh, We're up against a short break, and we'll be right back. All right. We're back with our last segment in uh, all the lines of food. Fia, we're going to ask you to just go directly to something to uh, uh, Congresswoman Johnson. Make it quickly. We try to get as many callers on as we possibly can. All righty. Who do we have next? This is David. All right. David, you're on with Congresswoman Johnson. Yes, Congresswoman Johnson. The great seal of the United States. Of come on, America. come on now, now don't don't give us a, a history lesson. Would you no, pose no, a not, would you pose a question to her? Okay, I'm asking her a question. If it's all right, come the on, hurry up. United, okay, the great seal of the United States of America belongs to the Illuminati Masons at large number one. You're not going to change anything. The, the Constitution don't provide for no political parties in the in America. You go read the Constitution. If you ain't got one, I'll bring it to you and show you where it said they done make no. We are finna change government. Do you have a question for Congresswoman Johnson? Come what? on, come on, come on, David. Come what? on. 
That's my question. Do you understand the great seal of the United States of America and where it comes from? Who who are these people? That's my question. No, no. And I hang up and listen. Tell me who these people are. They at large number one. They've been here since 1776. Uh, <laughs> Congresswoman, I mean, you have you have t- time to mess with that. I have I have many copies that we give out to students. So the question is not whether I understand the Constitution. The question is can I exercise the rights that the Constitution promises me? And the only way we can do that is to vote heavier and get people that believe like you believe. Our Constitution provides freedom of thought and freedom of speech, and you are hearing everybody's thoughts sometimes and everybody's speech, but it's not always in the direction of the Constitution, all full rights for everyone. So it's a matter of interpretation. I'm very familiar with the Constitution. If we could just follow that Constitution and everything we do in the legislative body, we'd be in a lot better shape. But we're dealing with human beings, just like these that are calling in every day. Mm -hmm. We deal with a lot of people every day. All of them don't think like I think or don't think like the majority of the Congressional Black Caucus or other people think. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of a battle of who can get the vote to change the things you want to change. All right. All the right. way we determine we can get them is to vote. All right. All right, who do we have next, Jason? Next caller is Imani. Good morning, Imani. Good morning, Pastor and, and, and Congressman Lady uh, and Pastor, we're in your, you're in our class, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to thank Carolyn for taking my call. But I want to ask uh, the, the Congress lady a question. Uh, a few years ago, John Conyer, uh, not Con- Kanye, he's the one out of Michigan, uh, the brother, he had a doctor called Dr. Claude Anderson there, the owner testified about uh, uh, reparations. I want to ask her, what is her feelings about reparations and it, it and, and what is the black caucus doing about that because i noticed jerry kushner donald trump's son and kanye west and, and that's why a lot of our young men they talked about we need reparations what are you guys doing about it we haven't been paid for the suffering we had and we never will be catched up and, and they had no cnn and, and, and another station how far we behind? Okay, I, I'm real short on time, uh, uh, Congresswoman. Congress, Congresswoman, what is your idea on uh, reparations? Let me say that he's right. Congressman Congress introduced that legislation every term for discussion and direction. We have attempted since the end of slavery to try to make sure that <laughs> were reparations. That's where affirmative action came from. That's where I could, the, the historical psychologists <laughs> came from. And it was, in, it, it's all reparations are intended to be from descendants of slavery. By the time we go back and try to figure out who is a descendant of slavery, many of them won't even look like us. However, to try to go back and undo all that we tried to do to make up for the, the being behind, we'll start from scratch. Mm-hmm. So 
we've got to keep the discussion going, but we've got to recognize what brought about what. One reparation was the right to vote. Another reparation was civil rights. Another reparation was colleges that we could attend. Affirmative action that would allow, that would pressure companies to give us some opportunity. All of that came under the banner of reparations. Now, whether we going to go back and give 22 move mules and so many dollars, that's mm-hmm. never going to happen. It's going to come in certain ways. And we keep the issue before the Congress to make sure they understand that we are still suffering from the restraints of slavery, and we try very hard to address it. In my committee, for example, and everything has to come through a committee, we're looking at the changing needs for workforce with all of the technology. What I'm trying to do and what I've done for every piece of legislation that I could get something in is to talk about enhancing our historically black colleges so they can be a part of the research. They can be a part of the technology readiness. And I'm working with community colleges to make sure that we can look at computer training and all the, because when we first started out getting our colleges, we had a lot of students that were majoring in sociology and Uh, psychology and get a bachelor's degree. And if you don't get a... uh, Congresswoman, we are just about out of time. I want to try to... Let's try to get one more on. We have so many callers. Okay. I just okay. want to try one. This is Billy. Billy? All righty. Good morning, Billy. Billy? Yes, yes. Go right ahead, please, quickly. I'm I just about out of time. Oh, uh, oh, I just wanted to just say, pray for the red. Yes. I just wanted to just say, we, we, we blessed by the best. We're going to pay for the rest. Everyone there, I just want you, the whole wide world, just pray for, pray, 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 pray. Because I want to just say one more thing. ASAP, I always say a prayer for everything in the world. And I love y'all, I love y'all, and I love y'all to the best. Pray for the rest. All right. Thank you. Congresswoman, uh, you got about 10 seconds there. Close it out for us. How should Please we get to vote? contact everybody you know that's eligible to vote and have them to vote too. The early voting ended yesterday. We mm-hmm. got one more day, which is Tuesday. We must vote. That's the only way we're going to change the direction of this country. That's the only way we get rid of the enemy in the White House now is to vote. All right. Thank you, and thank you very much. All righty. We- we thank all of you for calling, all of you for listening, and we thank you for being a part of this broadcast. You made a lot of liberation and keep you. Please pray. Please pray. Uh, please pray. And vote. Vote, vote, vote. It's a little bit one from heaven up above. Take a simple and plain. This ain't no game, you know what I'm saying? What? Yep, yep.